Welcome to the Happy in the Mess podcast. We are your hosts, Marlena, Sherry, and Matthew. We are therapists and coaches, and we want to share our own stories with you, as well as the wisdom, insights, and tips we've learned along the way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Happy in the Mess podcast, the podcast that explores many facets of mental health. I'm your host, Matthew Morgan, and today I'm joined by nobody. Ironically, it's our episodes on loneliness. Um, If you joined us last week, that's really not too much of a shock, but uh, this is our second week of an alternate recording structure. Uh, So typically the three of us, Marlena, Sherry, myself, we all get together and we start bouncing off each other and there's lots of great ideas. Um, And currently in this season, uh, the three of us are separated. Uh, One of us has uh, become an astronaut, uh, has gone to the International Space Station, is preparing care packages for widows and orphans and nuns. Uh, Not really, but that's a good story, right? Um, No, uh, we're separate for a little bit. Um, So we're all recording individually and stitching them together as a podcast. So it might be a little bit different flavor, but... We'll be back to our regular scheduled uh, program in two weeks. So uh, this week and then next week, and then we'll be back. Um, so it's been interesting and it's been a challenge, but I think the fact that we picked and we picked just randomly loneliness, this um, is a very appropriate topic for us. So I will start and then Sherry's going to come in here at the end. Marlena's taking the week off and... Uh, trying to recover from jet lag. So we wish her the best. She's doing some amazing things. Um, And as somebody who's a basement dwelling hobbit, I'm kind of low-key jealous of her and her adventures. Uh, So uh, Marlena, if you happen to be listening, we can't wait to hear you back again. So for now, uh, I wanted to start the talk today on loneliness, but specifically the benefits of loneliness, which is not something we typically hear a lot about. Most people don't like being alone. There's a a discomfort with it. Sometimes it can be very quiet. And in fact, sometimes being alone can be very loud as well. So I wanted to just take a few minutes and explore what this might actually mean. And I want to address uh, on several different levels. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, for Um, spiritual people, Um, how loneliness can sometimes encourage us to reconnect with our spiritual nature. Then I'm going to talk about, uh, for a lot of us who are creative, how loneliness can actually be uh, some time to reconnect with the creative endeavors. Um, And then lastly, I'm going to talk about uh, loneliness and neurodivergent people and how we can handle that better. Because a lot of Uh, ND people really struggle with the idea of being alone. So, um, and then we'll punt to Sherry and we'll have her give her part. So, um, so first of all, loneliness or being alone can actually provide a very unique opportunity to reconnect with our spiritual selves. We live in a very fast paced, hyper-connected world and it's so easy to lose touch with our inner selves. Um, everything is loud, everything's in our face, and we're busy. We're trying to do things. And in fact, we're coming into a holiday season when busyness tends to be the hallmark of, of what's going on. Uh, 
loneliness, solitude, it allows us to delve deeper into our inner thoughts and our emotions. We're not as distracted by the things outside. So we can start to understand better our spiritual needs and what may be there. Uh, so loneliness, it can be a time for introspection, a moment to reconnect with inner spirit. Um, it's a chance to meditate, a chance to practice mindfulness or really encourage our belief system. Uh, a lot of people actually find that solitude helps them establish a stronger connection with their spiritual selves. Um, I think I've shared this before, but one of my more pertinent moments as we were, as we've traveled, um, I remember we went to uh, Finland and Finland has these beautiful cathedrals and these amazing structures where typically I think in the Western religion, we would think like these are great places to worship and connect. But as I talked to our guide, one of the things I found out was that most Finns don't actually go to church. Um, she told us that, that they really reconnect uh, in nature uh, and in solitude. And that was really one of those moments for me at that time, I was still in the evangelical world. Um, it didn't track as well for me. And as I've gotten older, um, progressed in my own spirituality, I have found that I really understand that and I connect with that a lot better. That the chance to reconnect with nature, to reconnect with the divine while we're by ourselves is, is an amazing opportunity. And if we find ourselves in a place where people aren't knocking at the door to come in, or oftentimes if we've been wounded by churches um, or, or people in our spiritual worlds, the loneliness can actually be a, a good time just to sit down and reconnect. Um, and if that's you, if that's something that you have considered either in your own life or consider doing in your own life, or if it's something you've done before, um, this might be the season for that. It might be a season to pray. Um, it might be a season to to embrace song a little bit more. Um, creative endeavors, which we'll talk about next. Any of those, those ways of really reconnecting with our own spirituality. Um, and really turning the focus into rather why am I alone or what's wrong with me because I'm alone. Accepting that this is an alone time and there might be something that comes from it. Speaking of creativity, solitude is actually a very powerful catalyst for creative endeavors. A lot of renowned artists, writers, musicians, they found their muse in moments of isolation. Um, loneliness can really at times ignite our creative spark, either by the longing of what's going on or the uh, just that, again, having that quiet time to to actually be able to work on some of this. Loneliness, it provides an environment where creativity can actually flourish as long as we're not stuck in it, as long as we're not focused in on the, the woe is me. Um, just really just changing our focus can allow for uninterrupted thinking, space to explore new ideas. When we're alone, our minds roam freely. Uh, they, they can be innovative. They can be imaginative. Oftentimes people ask when they read my books or, or as we're talking about uh, writing, they ask where I do where I do my writing, where I do the best writing. And I always tell them either in the shower or while I'm driving, which really terrifies people sometimes uh, because obviously those are two places where writing should not necessarily happen. And while the physical act does not, 
the creativity comes out in those moments because I'm locked in and I'm, I'm low. Uh, it's just a low sensory, a low demand time. Um, and it gives me those opportunities just to let the mind wander. Um, it gives space for these new ideas, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, now, obviously, painting, things like that may not happen, but they can still happen in the midst of loneliness. And taking those moments that we might spend trying to change our situation and instead embracing it, um, embracing the emotion that comes with it, writing about what you're feeling, writing songs or exploring music about what you're feeling. If you notice a lot of art, it, it doesn't avoid the painful emotions. In fact, it it embraces painful emotions. Um, it it delves into them. We we watch things because it hurts and because we cry and we reconnect with people through this. So oftentimes if you're experiencing loneliness, maybe just look at creativity. Where does this come from for you? Um, and maybe it's the time to start that novel or paint that canvas or compose that song that you've always dreamed of. Lastly, I want to focus this more on neurodivergent individuals, but obviously this is for a lot of people too. Uh, solitude, it can be a very valuable tool for achieving calmness and clarity in our lives. Um, neurodivergent people in particular, we tend to experience sensory overload in social situations. Um, we need it. We need those social situations, but we also need the quiet. We need those lonely times so that we can shake off everything that's been bothering us and, and hurting us and overwhelming us. Again, it's a very loud world. Um, and if you have sensory differences, it makes it even harder to adjust to that. So for many neurodivergent individuals, being alone can give us a refuge from overstimulation of the outside world. Um, it lets us process our thoughts and our emotions in a controlled environment. Um, it's not a problem to be solved. And I do talk with a lot of ND people who they always look at like, oh, I, I'm lonely. How do I fix this? What do I do? Um, but I would encourage you to take a moment and recognize that, that 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 is an essential component, that we need those times to recharge so that we can re-engage uh, at the right time and in the right place. Um, and we'll talk more about that next episode. We'll talk more what that means. But this one, I really wanted to focus in on just allowing us to um, embrace that sense of lonely, not think that we have to change it. And more importantly, not assume that something's wrong with us because we are lonely. That is one of the most pervasive thoughts that I talk to people about, right? If nobody's calling me, then there's something wrong with me. Uh, and oftentimes I tell people that maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe people just don't appreciate the value and you're not in a place where your value can be honored and that the loneliness is, maybe that's the a natural way to keep you from, from being hurt. The image I often use with this is a prized uh, instrument, a prized violin, or or uh, even better, a prized cello, uh, because that's the most amazing instrument out there. I also might be slightly biased uh, on that. The uh, You're not going to give that to a fifth grader who's just learning how to play music. Um, they're going to bang it against stuff. They're going to scratch it. It's going to be really bad. Um, so that instrument needs to be lonely. It needs to be put up on a shelf 
until the right people come along who appreciate it. Um, and sometimes that's what the loneliness is achieving for us. It's again, a matter of perspective. So how do we do this? How do we embrace solitude in a healthy and constructive way? I would say the first thing to make the most of your alone time, start by setting clear boundaries. Have a specific time for solitude and use that time for nourishing your soul. Whether it's meditation, your creative pursuits, reconnecting with your spiritual beliefs, set the time for that. And it's important to remember, remember that loneliness can become loneliness if it's not by choice. So balance is the key. We want to work on these things together. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Sherry, and we're going to hear from her and let her conclude. Um, and we'll be back next week as the three of us share about uh, what to do about uh, how to fix lonely, how to change that once we are ready for it. So until then, uh, thank you, and just continue being happy in the mess. Take care. Last episode, we talked about the cost of loneliness. And in this episode, we're talking about connecting with yourself as a way of dealing with the loneliness. Um, the next episode, we're also going to talk about connecting with others. We thought it was really important to talk about how being connected to yourself, being grounded in yourself, knowing who you are, how those things help us combat um, loneliness. Um, so I'm going to talk about three different areas of connecting to yourself. Um, I think that these are important, whether you're in a relationship or not, that when you are connected to yourself, you are grounded in a way that makes it easier to feel, to feel connected to others. So being connected with yourself means knowing who you are, knowing your values and goals and how those all fit together. Um, it's a little bit of the idea of finding yourself, but it's also um, not, you don't have to find yourself because you're already there. Um, so the three areas that I want to talk about are self-care, self-compassion, and personal growth. Um, Self-care is just knowing what it is that you need in life so that you are healthy and you know how to take care of yourself. Um, I think of it like having a manual for yourself, a self-care manual, um, a how-to care for yourself manual, um, and that your manual says things that other people's does not. You're looking for the very specific formula that fits who you are and what you need at this stage in your life and that that changes over time and that that is dependent on who you are as a person, what you need, your own body. So that self-care plan is probably going to include things like sleep and healthy food, movement, and time alone, time with others. It's also going to depend, it's also going to include things like um, what you need to do to feel like you're doing something fulfilling in life and what you can manage in terms of stress, what your work situation needs to look like, what your relationships need to look like. And that self-care, you would then have guidelines for yourself 
Now, I think about things in pretty specific ways. And I, I don't know that everyone needs a very specific plan. I think that you need the plan that works best for you. But if you think of it like an owner's manual, you can think of the things that you need to do so that you are grounded in yourself. Once those needs are met, then adding someone else to that picture becomes much easier. Um, you're going to match up with people who are healthier because you are healthier in making sure that your own needs get met. So the other, the second part of uh, combating loneliness is self-compassion. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe not everyone has some part of perfectionism, but I think we do. I think we hold standards for ourselves. And even people who aren't meeting those standards, they are striving for them. I don't know that I've met many people who have no standards. And I don't know that I've met people who don't have some disappointments in how they may have measured up to their standards or how they wish that they had done things. So self-compassion is about having empathy for yourself. I think it can be easy to easier to have empathy for other people and to understand that they are doing the best that they can than it is to have that same sort of empathy for ourselves, that same sort of compassion for ourselves, to know that we're not supposed to be perfect. We're just supposed to be striving for something better and that we don't have to feel guilty for not achieving that. We just need to keep our eye on the prize, keep our, our mind focused on that long-term goal, and then also allow ourselves to be present as we go through that journey. And that that journey is supposed to be messy. It's supposed to be troubling. It's supposed to be joyful. It's supposed to be sad at times. It's supposed to be encouraging. Like it's supposed to be all the things. So getting mad at yourself or even at others that it isn't, it's not really, it's not really allowing yourself to embrace this experience. So self-compassion is allowing yourself to be a human being, having empathy for the fact that you are doing the best that you can, and ex accepting that there are things that maybe you will change in the future, but that maybe you're not ready to yet. The third part is personal growth. Um, when we're feeling lonely, often there are some things that are feeding that loneliness. So working on making ourselves better in some ways. And that could be any of those things in that self-care plan. Personal growth is about striving for something better. Maybe it's even the bridge of all three of them is the self-care is how you need to take care of yourself. The self-compassion is understanding that where you are is just where you are. And the personal growth are the goals so that you continue getting better at that. And that those three areas put together give you what you need so that you can build that connection with other people. When you try to build connection with other people and you don't have these three basics in place, very often you're looking for someone else to fill those. When you look for someone else to fill those, that forms a relationship that may not feel as supportive or as positive or be as healthy as 
would be good for you. So working on yourself is really working on others by bringing something better to the world. It's also making our world a better place. So next time we will talk about connecting with others. I'll have some different strategies for that. Um, and if and make sure that you like, share, subscribe, uh, all the things so that others can hopefully hear this message about connectedness and loneliness and how to be happy in that mess. Thank you.